Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Tonight we preview our game against the 115ers at the MTAD on Saturday morning. We'll also have a chat about the big talking point during the international break of Everton being deducted 10 points for breaking uh, profits and sustainability rules. And then at the end of this podcast, we'll have a little bit of a delve into the future and the lads will all give you their predictions of where Liverpool will be after they play against Arsenal on the 23rd of December, how many wins we'll get within out of our next six league games and where do you think we'll, we'll be in the league as we go into to Christmas Day and beyond. So, Tom, we're better to start with you. So, during the international break, well, a week ago now, it was announced that Everton are the first team to be punished by the, the Premier League and were deducted 10 points. What was your what was your initial reaction and what's your, what's your thoughts on it now, Tom? I, I thought at the, at the time, I thought, at the, be, at the beginning, I thought it was, it was a harsh thing for 10, 10 points. But it's it's quite a, it's quite a strange thing. And now as as the, everything's calmed down and, and and you look at what what's happened to them, it it wasn't on a technicality. They actually did break sustainability, and so on that point, they were guilty. But you look, it seems that if you're gonna if you're gonna punish them with ten points. And then you've got to carry out the same punishment to everybody else, haven't you? So it it, it makes it a bit harsh. And I'm, I know I was saying to the lads before, I was I was at a party today and um, there's a couple of the Evertonians there who were in the Wimslow last night. Dave Kelly led a meeting and um, they've, they've got lots going on. They've, they've got, you know, like they're getting law involved and everything is, is up in the air. So... I don't know, Les. At the moment, it's it. Technically, they did break the break the rule, and I, I don't know. It's ten points harsh. I don't know. I think it was at the time, and I still I think it probably it probably a little bit harsh. Yeah. On the service of it, Derek, they they sold Richarlison for sixty million quid on the the last day of the you know, where they had to. I think it was on the thirtieth of June because the Premier League sort of indicated that they had to make a sale, you know, and a big sale. Yeah. And then what they did then between the 1st of July and the close of the transfer window was spend 80 million quid on players. <laughs> now, that doesn't seem like, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, that seems like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do this on one hand, but then we'll try and sort of, you know, work our way and do it on the other. You know what I mean? And maybe it won't be noticed. So what 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 were your thoughts on on what had gone on? I, I think it's 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 all very grey, isn't it? There's, to me, there's no clarity in football at the very top level. And that sort of comes down to what the situation is with Everton. So you, you can you can go as high up as you want to go. You can go to FIFA, World Cup venues. But what happens to that? Money money appears and, and they end up going into countries that you didn't expect the World Cups to be at. UEFA, 
ticketing for finals, what happens there? All the tickets seem to appear available online. I just think that there's no transparency in football at the highest level. And you can point, pinpoint FIFA, you can pinpoint UEFA, you can pinpoint the Premier League. You know, the Premier League shouldn't be run by the clubs. You know, what you need is an independent body that runs football at each of these bodies with transparency. And the, and the transparency should be, here's the rule book, this is how it is. If you if you commit this crime, this is the punishment. So everybody is clear, whether you're working in a club or you're a fan and you can follow the rules. But I think for the general fan, it's all a bit mysterious because it seems like a panel sits and decides how many points. Well, that's just ridiculous to me. I think Everton are being harshly treated because there's a threat of a regulator coming on board. And the Premier League have suddenly decided we need to act here a bit tougher than we normally would. I think if the regulators hadn't been threatened in the background, Everton probably would have got a fine. And all of a sudden it's become this 10 points. So as much as Everton are guilty, I think it's very grey in terms of what they've done wrong and what the actual punishment is and should be. Because it's not written or clear for anyone to know. And until they actually start doing that, it, the same thing's going to keep reoccurring every time there's an incident revolving, whatever whatever it is, until it's all transparent. Mike, Mike, I see you nodding in approval there when Derek started saying what he was saying. And I just wonder whether the reason that there's no sort of parameters set, and I could be wrong, but this is this is a sort of a thought that I've had over it is that if they sort of said, well, if you go over by X amount of money, you're going to only going to lose three points. If you go over by another X amount of money, you're going to lose six. And then if you go over by the next amount of money, you'll lose 10. Right. And then clubs would then maybe look, look, take a step back and think, well, you know, three points, you know, is it worth signing this player? who might get us a couple of goals and, and then, you know, it might be worth a three-point deduction because it might keep us in the in the Premier League. It might get us into Europe. It could get us into the Champions League if we're sailing close to the wind. So do you think that may be a reason why there is no parameters set in terms of, you know, a scale of how much you, you, you sort of, you go over by and then it's just down to, down to the... Just like you do when you know, you know, it's down to a judge, isn't it, to set a sentence? What, what, what do you think, Mike? Well, the legal system has ranges of uh, agreed ranges for for particular crimes, and then the judge makes an assessment. There, I just think it's because our football authorities are completely and utterly inept. We see it. I, I, I've made a joke before about various suspensions. There, there was about uh, the. I mean, you, you, you had John Terry and. Um, Luis Suarez, both done for um, racist behaviour on, on the football field. And one got a 10-match ban and one got a 4-match ban. They roll a dice. It, it's, it's, just, it's just literally stupid that they've got... I believe that the only way... The monetary fines are useless um, because they will just play it the way that, that, that you've kind of said it there. They'll just offset it. And most of these, most of these um, uh, clubs... Uh, and get can can afford to find that money anyway. 
I, I, I think whether uh, Everton were fined, were, were um, punished with too big a points assessment, and bear in mind, I don't think there's any chance of Everton going down even with a 10-point uh, assessment because there's way too many rubbish teams in this league. Um, whether they were harshly treated really depends on, given that there is no benchmark, it really depends on what they do to City. If they give City a 20-point deduction for 115 and Everton a 10-point for one, then then it, they've been harshly treated. If you know, it, it really depends. They ought to. I appreciate that with 115 charges and a lot of them quite subjective, it's a far harder one to um, to deal with. But we've had this with suspensions before where eventually they had to decide what the benchmark is, what the punishment is for certain things. You're always going to get that. Because they hadn't done it, and then they're rooting around, oh, we'll make it 10. I think some people even suggested it might be 12 uh, beforehand, but uh, I can't say whether they've been harshly treated. Uh, if they've broken the law, I agree it should be points. Whether whether 10 is right or not really depends on what happens with lots of other clubs. And there have been examples of other clubs uh, breaking sustainability rules and not getting fined. So uh, it's just, just totally inept management at the top. Ben, as the, as the junior member of the Poets uh, podcast tonight... What's a younger view of, of what's gone on? Do you think this is this is a fair a fair punishment and everything should should just take the punishment and get on with it? Do you think the right to launch an appeal? And with the appeal, do you think that their their sort of punishment could be even extended rather than reduced as a lot of your supporters are expecting? Hmm. Thanks for the compliment there, Les, anyway, about being the youngest one. I appreciate that. Um, but no, I think going back to Everton, um, my initial reaction, if truth be told, was, Christ, what is going on? But then on the flip side, I, I did laugh a little bit because I thought it could only happen to them. You know, the, the only club in the country that could move down places during an international break. You, know, <laughs> football has played. It, it, you couldn't write it, could you? Um, but if, if truth be told... I don't like FFP for numerous reasons. I don't think it will ever work. I don't think it's working now. I think there's too many loopholes to get around it. We've seen some of them, which Man City have been charged for. It's pretty obvious that Newcastle are, from the outside, looking like they're doing the same with sponsorships from the countries which they're owned. There's no way in hell um, a Saudi Arabian company would be interested in Newcastle if they weren't owned by Saudi Arabia. It just doesn't add up. Um, there's talk, there was the vote this week of the um, in the Premier League about can clubs with the same ownership groups as other clubs loan to each other. And Everton voted for that. So you can't you can't have um on one side of the coin appealing against FFP and then going and voting for something which is pretty obvious that it's been implemented because of the ownership that is potentially coming into Everton to get round FFP. So you, you can't go against it 
and you know say oh we've been hard done by and then vote for something which you're going to get by on the rule against the rules it just doesn't add up and you know you, you look at man we all know and you've mentioned them the 115 is and as i said to you earlier in the week it took me a while to click on to what you meant <laughs> so i was having a bit of a slow day <laughs> you, you look at you look at them they, manchester city do not own their stadium yet they are allowed to get sponsorship revenue for an asset that they don't own. Now, nobody in the right mind can tell me that that is right, but yet it's it's allowed, and it's allowed within FFP. Why? Like it doesn't add up. It, it, you know, we all we all treat Anfield as something sacred, and rightly so. And there was talk a long, long time ago when Hicks and Gillette came in, that there was that they were rumoured to be looking at sponsoring Anfield to a company. And that would have been a breaking point for all of us. But we could get a lot of money for that, but we'd never do it. So why is City allowed to sponsor an asset which they don't own? They pay £3 million a year to Manchester City Council, who own their stadium, and yet can get more revenue from um, Abu Dhabi to cover that, it just doesn't add up. So, no, I don't like FFP. I think if truth be told, it it's designed for two reasons, to try and stop clubs going bust, the likes of Berry, which is fair enough. But on the other hand, it was probably brought in to keep the status quo, um, which obviously suits our club, but doesn't really sit right. And if clubs have got the money to spend then really, why can't they spend it if they're not going to go bust? So there's that side of it. But FFP is here, and Everton have obviously um, and admitted that they breached it. And I think the problem that Everton have got now is it wasn't one day that they were told, look, you're going to get 10 points took off. This has been going on for years, and they've been working with the Premier League now for two years, I think, um, to get the house in order. And as one of the others said, they sold Richarlison because of FFP. Um, but then, you know, they didn't not do anything. Did they? they went out and spent more money. So on one hand, I do, I do feel sorry for the Everton fans. I think they'll be fine. I think they're incredibly lucky that this didn't happen last year or the year below, the year before, because they would have been gone. Um, they would have got relegated and God knows what would happen because I think if they do go down, I think they will, you know, do a Leeds or Man City from 20, 30 years ago and just drop like a stone. So I think from that point of view, they can count themselves very lucky that this has happened now because I think even if 10 I think to be honest with you, even if they were um, fined 15 points, I think they comfortably stay up. Um, so I think they'll get... The, the siege mentality now and I think actually it could actually work in the favour that the team will rally around it the fans are up for it now more so than ever you know the atmosphere the weekend against United will be bouncing so I think from the players point of view actually it's probably a bit of a blessing but um, I think they will appeal I think it'll probably get reduced to six points if I was a better man that's what I'd say Um and I just think the Premier League now have put themselves in a position where if they don't do anything more to any of the other clubs, the likes of Chelsea, City, potentially Newcastle in the future, whoever it may be, there's talk of Tottenham now as well. 
they've 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 made a precedent, haven't they? And if they don't do anything else, then Everton can feel very hard done by. Tom, Benison says that, that, that he thinks that on appeal, the the points deduction will be reduced from ten to six. What do you feel? Do you feel that it will be? And this is just a quick point. I'm going to go and ask each of the three of you now before we move on and preview the City game. Do you think it will be reduced or increased? And what's your what's your sort of feeling of what will happen? I think I, I think it's likely to be reduced. I don't think it'll be increased. I'd be amazed if it's increased less, to be honest. But something Ben was touched on there about financial fair play rules. While they're not perfect, I, th- I think you've got to have some form of financial fair play because when you've got state state wealth funds owning football clubs, it's all right, save you can spend what you earn. But with unlimited funds, it that that leaves it open. It really does leave it open for all kinds of all kinds of of things that could go wrong. So I'm a, while I. I don't particularly like financial fair play. I think you've got to have some form of some form of regulation in there to to to, to keep a level field. Something something Derek was saying before. I, I agree hundred percent. I think if you look right across the board, I, I think if you look from UEFA from FIFA right the way down. But I think the Premier League have a thought that we will come in and be tough because of the regulator. But now you're in a position, aren't you now, where by acting tough, you've now put yourself, they've now put themselves in a position to God knows what they'll do. Because I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think Chelsea have already admitting, aren't they? But they're not questioning most of the, the decisions because it was taken by Abramovich and they highlighted it to to the panel. So they're more or less I, I don't think they're gonna be fighting the case. So I'm like I'm like the rest of the lads. I don't know, Les. I think you ask what will happen next. I, I don't know. I have no no idea because I don't think they know what's going on themselves. To be honest, so we're in a we're in a strange we're in a strange position. It's like a position that you've never been in before because you you can't you can't punish one side and let the other two walk away. You've done far worse things. You know what I mean. Well, nobody, nobody said that the other two sides are going to walk away yet. That's in comparison for what they've done. That's just, yeah, that's just people sort of presuming because of the size of the clubs and the wealth they've got that that's what will happen. We can only, we can only sort of speculate on that, you know, because in the in well, Chelsea haven't been charged yet for the first point. Mm. Manchester City have got the hundred and fifteen charges against them and are dragging the feet, but in. But in charging them, the Premier League have pronounced them guilty, just like the Premier League pronounced Everton guilty when they made the charge before the for the commission. So just a quick one, Tom, and just a quick answer. Do you think what well, Everton have now appealed? So do you think their their points deduction will be reduced or increased? I think they'll be reduced. I said to six less. I think okay. I think I'll be I'll be so shocked if, it, if it's not. Derek, what's your view? Everton's repeal reduced, increased. I think it'll just be upheld as 10 and it'll stay as that. Fair news, Mike. I think I agree with Derek. I, I think I think 
they would just look stupid if they changed it now. Um, uh, there's no way it's going up, but I think I think if they if they put ten and then suddenly went, oh, let let's make it six. They don't have a clue what they're talking about, do they? <laughs> yeah. Right. So so I will sort of go a little bit different than you all. I think the Premier League could do a very similar thing that they've done to certain football footballers who've appealed a red card and look at the appeal as being a fruitless and time-wasting appeal. And I think it could get increased to 12 points. But what do, what do I know? But that's just, that's just one. I'm not saying that's right, but I just feel that's what could possibly happen if the Premier League feel that you've wasted all this time, you didn't listen to us, you went out and carried on spending, even when we told you to reduce your costs, you then went out and bought six more players, and now you know you've appealed against that, rather than just taking your punishment. And I just think it, they could. It they won't could be the Premier League it, that made that decision, though, Les. It'll no, be other independent. Yeah, but the Premier League did did say at the start, didn't it, that they recommended it would be twelve points. So that would still be that would still be there, you know, for the record for everybody. So it's just like with Virgil, wasn't it? You know, Virgil got sent off, you know, and was made an example of and got the extra match ban plus a big fine. So so I'm just wondering if the same if the same thing will apply because it was an independent panel who then give Virgil the extra the extra game ban for what happened. So it'll be interesting to see to see what does happen when the when the appeal takes place and, and where they go. But I'd be very surprised to be honest, as both I think Derek and Mike said, I'd be very surprised if come the, the end of the appeal that it got reduced, I think it'll either be upheld or it'll be it'll be increased by a couple of points. But you know, who am I to sort of you know make that decision? But that's just what I think could happen. Anyway, we now move on and preview the big game at the weekend. You know, again it's a twelve thirty kickoff after the international break. As we face the 115ers at the MTR, as I said before. So, Tom, you know, you, we couldn't really have a more difficult game to to start the the, the fixtures again after the, after the international break. But then, on the other hand, is it a good time to play City in terms because they're going to be in exactly the same boat with, you know, their players being here, there and everywhere, except the ones who were pulled out with mystery injuries. Yeah, be interesting to see what who, who is injured and who is fit, Les, when they when they actually come. If you believe if you believe what you read, they're, they're struggling to get a team at the moment. But um, come come twelve thirty, I'm sure they'd be fully. But everybody will be miraculously cured, except for the Bruyne, and they'll be they'll probably be off for the game. Yeah, I think it's. A, I, I don't particularly like the twelve thirty kickoffs. I don't think we got a particularly great record in the twelve thirty kickoffs as well, but. I think it's the same for them, isn't it, as well as us, I think, except for the players that they've rested for and give a little rest to from the international break. But I I think you can look at it two you can look at it two ways. The likes of Darwin Nunes has had two great games this in this. So he's gonna be flying, isn't he, when he comes back, even though he's come back and he, you know, he's had a little bit of travelling. You know he's 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 going to be up for the game because he's he's found real form he's found goals 
So that, from that point of view, I think that'll be a, a good thing for Liverpool. I'm, I'm, I'm really optimistic. I, I was the last time we played and we, and and make. I think I went in more wishful thinking than than, than hopeful. But I, I, I really think I think Liverpool have got a good chance this time, Les. I think with what we've got up front, I think it's a great time for us to play them, and I think Liverpool will go there and do well. Derek, so where the players are now back, it seems that you know, that the players you missed the the previous game prior to the international break are now are now fit. So Joe Gomez, Graven Bert, Curtis Jones, Anibu are all available selection. You know, on Saturday morning. First question is for you: Is what you do at left back? Do you go with Costas or do you play? Do you play Joe Gomez over there? If I'm the manager, yeah, that's it. That's it. What would you do? I play Gomez. In the first half, I think it's important to be solid to start the game. I think we lose out by playing Gomez, and as far as when we're going forward in the opposition's half, we've got a, a left footed, right footed player playing left back. So he's going to always going to come inside so he doesn't cross the ball naturally from the left hand side of the pitch, which Simicast would do. So it's one of those where you say, well, Am I more cautious than Klopp? Probably am. <laughs> you know, knowing how Jürgen is, he'll want to go there, win the game, so he might just take it to them. And if that's the case, he'll, he'll start with Simicast at left-back. So, Mate, same, you... same issue as a right-back. Same issue yeah, as yeah. a right-back. Because yeah, you could play that... Gomez at right-back and move Trent into midfield. Because Doku is, is a big threat going down the left wing. Yeah, but just just thinking of that, Derek, do you think then that that by playing Joe Gomez at left back, then if it be is fully fit and he's over his hamstring injury, you play him at right centre back, then Trent has got a bit more pace to cover behind him, and with Gomez playing at left back, we can then revert more naturally to a three centre back system, and so Trent can then has got a bit more. More sort of cover behind him than if he goes into midfield. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what shape he ends up going with. He might decide he wants to flood the midfield, so then he he'll go with like a double pivot and have Trent in there with probably McAllister, um, and then he might play Gakpo, you know, so that he plays like a a three-two-three-two formation with Salah and Nunes up top. Um, and try and flood the midfield so they, to cut out, you know, the way they go and try their little tr- triangles and playing through the, the centre of the pitch. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really difficult call and you, you're relying on your manager to generally get it right, which he often does. So I think I'd pick a, probably a different team to what he'd pick. Yeah. But he'd be probably more right than me. Mike, so Derek's gone for for Gomez instead of Costas. Would you would you go that way and would you play would you play Ibu instead of Matip? I, I I detest Joe Gomez at right at left back for the reasons <laughs> that for the reasons that Derek 
explained because it, it 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 really damages our attacking potential. This is possibly one of the games where you kind of go with that, but I think it hands a lot of um, a lot of the kind of the oomph to the opposition. It, it, you know, it lands the. It, it's almost like oh, we're going to be extra defensive. I think he'll play Semikas there. I don't. I, I Klopp, Klopp likes his little shocks every now and then. You can rarely predict his his teams. Uh, I, I think you know. I think if, if Endo is sorry, if um, Ibu is absolutely one hundred percent fit, I do think he favours Ibu for exactly the reason you said because he can potentially give um, uh, Trent more cover um, from from a pace perspective. So, but I still think you play Costas. Right. How about you, Ben? Which, which camp are you in? Are you going for, for 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 the more natural left back? Or for me, for me, I'm really worried about, especially this game for Costas. I think he's shown nothing this season to show that he's he's really up for it defensively. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely in the in the camp with Derek of what he would do. In that I would definitely start with Joe Gomez for the reasons I've just sort of said that it, to me it'd give me more confidence about Sent then going into the midfield if it was the other side. He's quicker than he's quicker than Costas. And to be fair to Joe Gomez, I think he's played reasonably well this season. Um and I just think he's better in the air as well. And I and I know what Mike said about you know, the balance going forward and Derek saying that, you know, better happens to cut back on his right foot, you know, for attacking down that side. But I just think the first and foremost on Saturday morning, we need to be solid. And I think, I've, I, I as a fan, now I've, I've got more confidence in, in Joe Gomez doing a good job at left-back against Manchester City than I have with Costa. So I don't know what you think, mate. Yeah, I feel like I was slightly ahead of the curve on this because when I was on uh, Merseyside the other week with Salty, I put this out there that I would play Gomez at left-back about three or four weeks ago for this game for the reasons that we've all stated. Simicast, as much as I like him more for his personality, I think, than his actual performance for what he brings around the squad. Like when you see him on social media, he seems like a really nice lad. And Jürgen obviously seems to like him. Um, and he did all right in our last home game with a couple of assists and stuff, and he grew into it. And I felt a bit sorry for him because there were some idiots by me in the cop and they were, they were on his back before the game even started, let alone during it. Um, so after a shaky first 10 minutes, he did grow into the game. But I would be worried if he was in the starting lineup against City. And I think we've give Joe uh, Gomez a bit of a... Um, under service really because I, th- I think going forward he's actually alright like he's not obviously like Andy Robbo or Trent or anyone like that but let's be honest Simicas hasn't offered that much going forward this year like he did alright in the last game but going forward which is his strongest part of his game he hasn't been that good at that either so if if I was Jürgen and I wish I was um, I would pick um, I would pick Gomez at left back and I would definitely pick Matip I think if we were to drop Matip now, 
he's been brilliant for the last few uh, games. It's very true. And I think, you know, the if we were to bring Canarte straight back, he's done nothing for me to justify that. Um, I think it'd be extremely harsh on Matip. Because what I like about Matip, and I think the City game's going to suit him, is he drives the ball forward, he brings it out, and I think he will get the opportunity to do that against City because of just the way they play. Um, so I'd be very surprised if he didn't play. Um, and I think another positive for having Gomez at left-back over Simicas is his height, because City all of a sudden are a big team now um, and offer a lot from set-pieces. Um, so having that extra height will be beneficial. So, yeah, if I was Jürgen on Saturday morning, I would pick um, Gomez. Tom, so what can for you in then? You haven't, you didn't give your two penalty worth there, which is very... No, I, you, I, I think I'm I'm like Mike. I think, I, I, I think he'll stick with, with Costas. I think he'll go with, with Costas. I, again, for the same reason, because he's a, he's a natural, he's a natural left-back, whether he's struggling, he struggled, although I did think he had his best game the last the last game he played, I thought he'd done really well overall, and the players were sort of getting behind him as well. So he obviously he must know that he's struggling a little bit. He's a you know what? To be fair to that, he's a good player. I know he struggled a little bit in the last couple of games, but he, a, a good player doesn't become a bad player overnight. I remember a couple of seasons ago, they were all people saying that he, he shouldn't be taking Andy Robinson's place because Andy was struggling. So you know. I think Jurgen Klopp's pretty loyal as well to his players as well, which I think Ben makes a great point. I think I, I think it, I, I'd be shocked if Matip is dropped because I think Matip and, and Virgil have been playing really, really well as a back two, and that, you know. So I, again, I, I think I, I think he'll go with Costas, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if if he played Gomez at right back, Les. And pushed, and pushed Trent into midfield. Just can't. To be honest, Tom, mm. I just can't see that one with, with the, in this sort of massive game. I know he can produce the odd curveball now and again, can mm. Jurgen, but to suddenly drop, have Gomez and Costas as your two fullbacks and Trent mm. sort of in midfield. You're possibly with McAllister on the left. I don't. I just, I just can't see that happening in this particular game. To be honest, but, Tom. Bielsa, Bielsa isolated McAllister, and I'm sure, you know, in in, in the game with Uruguay, and played him as a, you know, under pressure, and I'm sure that that Guardiola would have noticed that and to sort of take him right out of the game. So I'm 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 a bit, I don't know you, and again, Curtis is back, isn't he? He's yeah, you know, like, and he was playing really well, so you. As Derek said before, you you don't really know with with Jürgen, you know, like he's probably got a plan already lined up in his mind, and it's he'll he'll go with that. So, so I don't know. I I go with Costas though, definitely a massive as the centre back. So, Derek in, in midfield, I think most Liverpool supporters you speak to would would probably put their the mortgage on both McAllister. And supposedly I starting as two of the midfield places. Now the third one, would who would you go for? Would it be Curtis? Would it be Gravenberch? Um, you know, 
would would you start Hendo and move McAllister out wide? Would you bring Harvey Elliott in? So, so what? Which way are you le- leaning for your for your third midfield spot? I think I sort of get myself twisted with, with Klopp between how he's such an offensive manager and what he would do, and what what I would do. It's like <laughs> I'd probably go with Jones. Curtis Jones, in the terms of he keeps the ball well. And we need to keep the ball well against City because we know they're a possession-based side. And we've become more of a possession-based side this season than we have previously. Um, so, but then you think, does he go with a slightly different shit? And he, he sticks Diaz on the left and he looks for, for, the, for the counter-attack over the top and he goes more direct. You know, so therefore... The shape could change, as I say. He could he could go like a three four three, or he could go three two three two. You know, I do I do think he'll end up with a back three, which is why I think he'll go with, or I would go with Gomez over Simicas, and he'll move Trent into the, into his usual hybrid role. Um, and I think that's why I play Canarte over Matter because of the threat of Doku on the wing, with Canarte's extra pace. Um, so it, it's a difficult one. Which which way do you go? Whether you go with, I would have thought initially he would try and have more players in the midfield, and that's why I think he might go with the two up front to start with, like Salah and Nunes, and then so therefore he floods in midfield in in theory with five players: Trent, McAllister, Sabozlai, Jones, and Gakpo. Interesting thoughts there, Derek. What what do you reckon, Mike? Would would you go for Curtis as the third midfield player? Or would you maybe a bit more adventurous and go with Cody? I wouldn't I wouldn't go with Gapo. I, I, I think I, I think he might rest McAllister. Hmm. I think he might go with with Endo and Saboslai and then it really depends on who is the fittest. And the ready, who's most ready to play at a grab and batch and, Co- and, and Curtis. Interesting that, yeah. mate. Interesting shout there, Ben, for for a star for Endo and McAllister rested. I can't see that myself. But, it, can, but you, you've, got to, you've got to remember, they've all come back from uh, these long trips. And whether he wants to throw absolutely every single one of his South American players in, I don't think he will. Well, yeah. no, no, the that why, was, but we'll, no, the why, but we'll come to that one in a minute. Yeah. But, that, that was the point that I was going to raise, Mike, as well, like the the international players, and that's why I'm pretty convinced Gomez will start um, at left back because he hasn't played for the last two weeks, and Matip as well, um, obviously hasn't. But going on to midfield, I'm I. I agree about McAllister. I'd be shocked if he starts. Um, we all remember his performance against Wolves um, at half twelve. After I think that was, I think I mean, that was. Honest, I think you could have you could have put me against them, and I think I would have done as good. Um, yeah, yeah. To be fair, Ben, after before that Wolves game, I think yeah. this is what we all need to remember. McAllister had played at altitude. altitude oh, he played, yeah. oh, he played in Bolivia, didn't he? Yes, yeah. he needed, he needed <laughs> oxygen on the plane, didn't he? Yeah. And, I think, and also, they didn't get back. The game was even later, so he didn't get back until the Friday morning, and then he played again on the Saturday. I, mean, so I, think, it's a, I think it's a little bit different this time. 
And also, you have to remember that that Hendo has also been yeah. sort of flying here, there, and everywhere to play for Japan. And I don't think Hendo come back on a on a sort of luxury uh, private jet. You know what I mean? Like the South Americans, did yeah. they all come back together? So, so that is just something to 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 throw at you. Where where yeah, I think I think you have to take the altitude thing as a bit of a mitigating factor for that performance by McAllister at Wolves. We do, but ultimately Jürgen picked him, knowing all this. Yeah. So, you know, the book's got to stop at someone, and maybe it was Jürgen, maybe it was a, a bad call. I mean, he did haul him off at half-time. Um, I'd still be shocked, Les, if he started on Saturday. I, I genuinely would be. I think Sabozlai is nailed on, um, and rightly so. And I, I think if Gravenberg is fit, because again, he he's been excluded from Holland, hasn't he? Uh, but he has, yeah. he's he's, dumped, he's he's had an injury, hasn't he? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he started. And again, with Jones as well, I think out of the two of them, Jones is probably more likely to start if he is fit, because of what the other lads have said about his ball retention skills, and one of his best ever performances for us was in the pandemic at Anfield when none of us could go against, um, oh God, what's his name? The Mancunian lad. Um, Foden. Yeah. Foden. Foden, yeah. He played him uh, brilliant that day. He did. And it was, yeah. one of the, it was one of, if not his best performances for him. So he's got, he, he can do it. And like when he came into the team at the end of last season, he was brilliant and he, he was good before he got injured as well. So I think if he is anywhere near fitness, I think Jürgen would throw him in. I think he'd, believes in him that much so I think it'd be Jones Sabozlai I'd be shocked if Gakpo played in midfield I'd be gutted if he did as well um, so it could be Gravenberg Jones and Sabozlai but who's going to hold Jones it is no I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't Similar with the similar with the trench out before, I just don't see it being a game where you would just start Curtis as a, as the six. What he could do, he could do what he did in the second half against Wolves and do a double six of Curtis mm-hmm. and Bosley. Yeah, but I still, I still can't get past. I'm a Callister, Bosley, and Curtis midfield. Me, um, I think that's that's midfield that. Has got legs, can keep the ball well. You know, people people are doubting McAllister as a six, but his stats are right up there with with the best of them. If yeah. you know, that's that is. So so as I say, I you know, I and and again, I think it's a game that the, the players won't need motivating for. So it's one of those games where I think maybe psych, psychologically against a team like Wolves, you're going in thinking. Well, maybe you can drop a little bit of a level, and maybe that was in Jurgen's thoughts when he selected the you know McAllister to start against Wolves, despite him playing at you know altitude, and it didn't really work. But you know, come come the weekend, I think it'll be right. What do I consider my best team to get the best results at City? And that's another reason why you know I'm thinking of, and I totally agree with what you said before, Ben. I think Matip has been magnificent this season when he's been called upon. But I think you sometimes have to pick horses for courses for me. And I think that with Doku flying down that side, 
I think Ibu could be the best man for the job just on on this occasion. Similarly to you know, thinking, right, we'll we'll start I'll start with Joe Gomez at left back. Just looking at who you're playing against and which tools you've got are the best ones to do the job. And for me, you know, for for the defence, I would have to and again I agree with Derek. I would and for the, exactly the same reasons what what Derek said, I would play Ibu and also play Joe Gomez. Now, now here's the key question I'm gonna to go to Tom with now is what would you what would your front three be? Because oh. because I, I've I've got a theory that but I'll let you you lads go go on uh, on your sort of merry way first and then Maybe somebody will have the same thoughts as me. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if if, if my telepathic thoughts are going to Derek here and he comes up and steals me thunder. <laughs> but go on, Tom. Uh, do, do you know what, Les? It, it's hard to say, isn't it? Diaz has played played two games, hasn't he? In in for Colombia, you've got. I don't know. Did you uh, did you Jota? Yeah, played two. Yeah, played two. Oh, you didn't well. play the whole game, Tom. No, he didn't play the whole game, but no. he took. So he? you know, I, I I don't know if he leave Diaz out, but then, I he might go with Jota. You know, like Jota, and he's got a good record against City mm. as well, Jota. So again, you 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 have no idea. You 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 think you can you can second guess him and think, you know, he, he'll have a plan, won't he, of what he what he wants to do. I'd be, I'd be, I'd go, I'd go Jota, I'd go, I, I'd go Nunes, and I'd go Salah. Okay, Derek, where, where are you going with this one? I, I've got two teams. I keep flipping them <laughs> off. <the other. laughs> you can only pick one, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I've, got, I've got my team where it, where it, where Jurgen decides that he wants to flood the midfield, which is yeah. why I put Gakpo in there. Um, so it's like a three-two-three-two, and I'd have Sal. You know, I've got Salah and Nunes up top, and then you've got the midfield three, attacking three of Sabozlai, Gakpo, and Jones, with Sense and McAllister behind, and then you've got the three-four-three, which is the more direct, where I've got Salah, Nunes, and Diaz, and I've got Jota on the bench because you've got to have somebody coming off the bench that's a threat. But yeah. obviously, we don't know what the players are like after the travelling. So, the, the, the South American lads does he meet, does he decide that Nunes is on the bench? Does he be a great impact player or Diaz from the bench as well? That all those things that we're not, you know, aware of. So it is a bit of a guess. Mike, where are you going on this one? Well, I think, and I've said this before, I think Jota is our best. By, by some way, the best kind of instinctive finisher. So I think he plays. Now, I, 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 I'd go with Salah, Nunes and Jota, but there's there's always the chance that he, he puts Diaz in the team, puts Jota up front and, and has Nunes as a you know potential threat off the bench. But I, I'll, I'll stick with Salah, Nunes... And Jota. Okay, Ben. Right, well, where are you going? So I would start Jota because he only he, he didn't play at all in the second game for Portugal. Right, and he didn't have to travel far. So I, I think he starts. 
def- for definite. And as the guys have said, his record against City is decent. Um, obviously, it goes without saying, Mo Salah starts, you know, it's one position is guaranteed and then it's picking two out of the other four, isn't it? Um, and for me, I'd start Diaz. Now, it's because of circumstance. I think the way the game's going to pan out, I think after 55, 60 minutes, the game's going to suit Nunes. And that's when I bring him on. Mm. And just to cause, with his pace, um, his direction is just sheer will. And I, I think that suits him, suits the game down to a T. So I'd bring him off the bench. Right, for me, and for once, my thought pattern didn't reach Derek. Um, so, so for me, I'm, I'm starting with Salah, I'm starting with Gakpo, and I'm starting with Jota. And the reason I'm doing that is a little bit what Ben just said there, and a little bit what Derek said as well, is I think that one thing we need to do is to stop City playing through the midfield. And I think Gakpo, in the early stages, is... Is really good at dropping in and and you know cutting down space and he's also you know better finisher than people think as well. And Jota is probably the best counter presser we've got, you know, in in the squad. And I think play Jota down down the left, similar to how we played when when we beat them at Anfield, you know, this time last year. So that's what I do. And the other reason being as well is if Liverpool can get a goal up playing that formation. I just think putting on a, a a fresh Diaz and a fresh Nunes, sort of after about 60, 65 minutes, you know, would cause City immense problems. Especially, you know, you know, when when um Walker is, is tired a little bit maybe, that'd be the time to use your players with pace against them rather than when they're both both fresh. You know, at the start of at the start of the game, and I always I always come back to and Bob Paisley never made many mistakes as Liverpool manager, but one he did make was I remember in a game against Manchester United in the FA Cup semi final that he put Stevie Highway on after after about seventy minutes against the tiring Jimmy Nickel, and he run him ragged. And was instrumental in Liverpool getting back in the game and ultimately equalising through Alan Hansen. Right. And then because Steve Highway had had a, a real good impact on the game, there was a big clamour in the press for him to start in the replay. And Bob went with the went with the press, I think, and started with Stevie in the and Stevie was in the twilight of his career then. And when he started against the fresh uh, Jimmy Nickel, he just never had the same impact. And Jimmy Casey, who he come on for, you know, in the first game was sub. And when Jimmy come on for Stevie, you know, in in the replay, it never had the same impact, and we ended up losing the game. And I sometimes like a couple of cards to play with pace from the bench, and I just wonder whether whether that might be the way to go against City. But I can see the arguments as well that people are saying, well. You know, let's play. Let's play Nunes and Diaz from the start, and let's really go at City and, and try and you know get ahead that way. So it will be an interesting you know selection when the when the team finally drops the sort of eleven thirty ish on 
on Saturday morning to see what what Jürgen's gone with. But the good news is, I think, for, and I think we'll all agree with this, is that, you know, it seems as though, apart from Stefan, um, Thiago and Andy Robbo, that we've now got a full complement mm-hmm. available again for the game. So that, that not only gives us, you know, good options to pick from the start, you've also got options to, to play from the bench and, and other names to throw at you as well. I think you who might play a part from the bench, who's done well this season when he's come off from the bench, is Harvey Elliott. So uh-huh. he'll be another one who, who you know, could make a bit of an impact you know, at the weekend. So, right, I'm now going to go and test your confidence now and sort of have your, your score predictions for the for, for the weekend. Um, Tom, I'll let you open the baton on this one. Do you know what? I, I fancy Liverpool to win, Les. I fancy... I'd... Do you know what I'm tempted to say? Tempted to say three one. You know, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely. I, I really do. Find, I think Liverpool, for the reasons that we've said, and you know, like it's it's amazing where we were given our team talk and and you know team selection. No one mentioned Gravenberg playing, and he's come back from from injury and he's fresh, and he's an outstanding player with pace and power. You know, so we we've got loads of quality, haven't we? To you know, like to hit City with pace, pace and power, and that's what I think. That's why I fancy us this time. I really, I'm, I'm not going. You never confidence against City, but I, I think I think with you win against Manchester City, and I think they'll be this week. That is. I think. I mean, City's home record is up there with everyone else, you know, as one of the best home records. I don't think they've lost their home since Brentford a year ago. Uh, and I think they've won every game other than the draw with Everton as well. Yeah. So you've got to take that into account. So, and the other, the other factor is the referee. Once I found out it was Chris Cabana, my hopes really sunk. Because we've got a Manchester referee again, refereeing a Manchester team against a Merseyside team. And the same referee, Chris Cabana, is on VAR when Everton play Man United. So he's doing a double. Which I just, it's beyond me, you know, it's, it's just beyond how they, they come up with these decisions. But I think my scoreline is going to be 2 2. It's definitely going to be, definitely going to be goals. I don't want to put us down as a defeat. So I'm going to go with a draw. Mike? Uh, I, Derek's just said everything I was thinking. And 2-2 uh, and two, two was what I was thinking as well. I, 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 I'd love to think of us winning, but it's not an easy place to go. But I think I think, I think think we can get a draw. Cavana's um, a, a strange one, actually, because every time I've seen him recently, he's left really well. But I just don't... I don't really... I don't trust any of them. As soon as you get to a big game, it, it, every every 50-50 decision that ends up with City, doesn't it? You know, you saw how Michael Oliver bent over backwards to keep Kovacic on the pitch at, at Arsenal. Um, I just don't, I don't have great faith, to be honest. I don't have more, I don't have more faith in, uh, in Taylor than Cavana, really. Weirdly. Ben, uh, where are you on the on the prediction front for 
for Saturday morning? I am with Tom, 100%. And I was going to say 3-1 as well. So, you know, great minds there. And to be honest, I don't really buy into the referee stuff. They're all crap. It doesn't matter which one. <laughs> like, but it doesn't though, does it? There's there's no there's no good referees now. There's not there isn't. So they're all much of a muchness. I don't really look. I mean, if he if he was a Man City fan, they wouldn't put him on. There's no way we we. We can't level it at him, and at the same time, when Mike Dean refereed us, had to defend him because even though he was born in the Wirral, um, you know, close to Liverpool, a season ticket holder at Tranmere, you know, you got all the social media crap about him having his sons having season tickets on the cop when he doesn't doesn't even have sons. So I don't believe for one second that the referee Chris Cavano or whoever it is is going to be biased for Man City. I just think the crap for everyone. Um, and ultimately, we've had some decisions going our way against City in the last few years as well. It hasn't all yes. just been one-sided. So I think, you know, let's forget about the referee. You know, Jürgen has, has gone at them tough in the last year. To, um, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, um, if we go there on Saturday and play to our capabilities, we will win the game. Man City this year haven't been as impressive as what they were last year. I think even Pep would admit that. You know, you don't go to Chelsea and concede four. When the, when the City, when was the last time they ever conceded four? I think it was at Goodison, ironically. Um, so for me, I don't think there's anything to be, you know, worried about going. Okay, they won the treble last year, but that's in the past now. We're not a bad team, are we? So... I am confident that we will go and get a result for the first time in a long time because of the midfield that we've got now has actually got legs. Um, we got completely overran last year um, and I can't see that happening again. I mean, it might do. They're a good team, but I think we've got more than enough to go there and score at least one, two goals. And then the defence has been good this year. We've got the best goalkeeper in the world. We've got the best centre-half in the world. There's absolutely no reason for us to be scared going there. And I think it's going to set a, a marker for the rest of the season. Tom, just before I give my prediction, just, well, for your mate, just for your mate Jonathan's purpose, what's your view on the appointment of, of Mr. Mr. Cavanagh as, as the referee? Because I'm sure... If I don't ask you, I'll be getting a message saying from Jonathan, from Jonathan, just to saying, yo, come on, watch Tom's view from the PGM this week. Do you, do you know what I thought? To be fair to him, I thought the last game he played at Anfield, he didn't do too bad. But that doesn't mean he's going to have a good game at, at Manchester City. And you don't know, do you, Les? It's on. It, it's on the day with them, really, isn't it? How to see the game? You know, I, I don't believe. I, I like the lads. I don't believe he's biased. I don't think the very. I don't think it's the greatest bunch of referees we've ever had. But I don't think he's be biased against Liverpool. To be honest, I think, I think he might be incompetent. But that's that's a different thing. But I, I would have rather have had Taylor if I'm honest. But like, you know, it could have been worse. It could have, you could have had that well. You know. Yeah, it could have been Taney, couldn't it, Tom? Well, I know he at is. Wells yeah. on, at Wells Bar. At Wells Bar. Yeah. He's from yeah. Manchester as well, you know, Derek. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. He is, yeah. 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 <laughs> at Wells from, at Wells from, Stuart's at Wells from, from Manchester as well. 
main row. Right. Come on. Yeah. So I'm going for a 1 1 draw. I just think it'll be. It's a really difficult place to go. And mm. I just think that you know, while I do think we are capable of winning the game, I just think that at the end of the day, I think it will come out odds even at the end. And if, to be honest with you, if it was offered a draw now, I'd probably take it and then move on you know, to the rest of the fixtures that we've got coming up. Um, so now I'm going to ask the lads to, to have a bit of a look into the future and play Mystic Tom, Mystic Derek, Mystic Ben and Mystic Mike. So here we go to see our, our games coming up between now and, and Christmas is... City away, Fulham at home, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace both away, and then Man United and Arsenal both at home in the league. They're our league games. So I want you, and again, I'll start with you, Tom, to say, right, out of those six games, how many points do you think we'll get? What would you say you would accept, right? And where do you think we'll be in the league when the whistle's blown? On the the final game of that weekend before Christmas, I think. And I think same if, question well, to follow your lad, by the way. I think if you if you look at the at the game, the six games, I think the two hardest games you've got there are, are going to be City and Arsenal. Are the two hardest games aren't they? You would look at, and you'd say the other four, they're well capable of, of, of beating the other four. So you would you would expect them to get twelve points, you know. Do you know what, Les? Do you know what I'm gonna go for? I'm gonna go. Do you know what I'm gonna go for? Sixteen points, you know, Les. Okay. I, I think I, I I fancy us to beat Man United. We we'll, we we'll either we we'll either beat Arsenal or we or we'll or, or we draw with City or we I think we we'll beat City, but I think Arsenal's the if we're gonna drop points. They're the two games I can see them dropping points. I, I can see them beating Fulham. I can see them beating Crystal Palace, Manchester United. And um, but the the other two games are the ones that that, that yeah, you look at. I think they'll drop two points in them. Okay, so where do you think we'll be then? From Christmas, I think we'll probably be probably be first or second. Okay, Derek, you're next. I'm gonna go with fourteen. Okay. I don't think we'll get. I don't think we'll get beaten in the end of six games. I think we'll win four and draw two. Okay, and with that, where do you think that will take us in in the league table going into Christmas? I think the same as Tom, first or second. Okay, Mystic Mike, you're next. Well, it's it's. Uh, sorry, Derek, are you reading my mind? I think fourteen. I think we'll be. <laughs> I think we'll be second, right? Okay. And, and I and I think what we'll do, as I've already said, we'll draw tomorrow. We'll draw at Sheffield United or Palace. That's and that's we'll the way I see Palace the draw Ooh, and uh, win all the home games. Yeah. yeah. Ben, where are you going? Right, so I don't think I've ever predicted Liverpool to lose a game in my life, ever. No matter even how crap we've been, so even <laughs> under Hodgson, I've never predicted anything but a Liverpool win, and that's obviously my head over over my uh, heart. But 
Uh, again, a bit like Tom, I'd look at these next six fixtures and I think because of how good we are and how good we can be, I'm not scared by any of them. I mean, we've got the, the toughest fixture on Saturday that we can have in the league and I fancy us to get a result, but I think we're probably looking at 16 or 14 points out of the next six games, which I think, looking at City's fixtures as well, because after us, they've got Tottenham and Villa. So it's a massive part of the season. Up until I think the next six games are going to determine the league until Christmas. And whoever's at top of Christmas this year, I think will win the league. And I so think, I think it will be top then at Christmas, Ben? Yeah, I think we will be. Okay. Right. Now my turn. I'm going for I'm going for sixteen. I think we'll as I say, I think we'll draw at at City at the weekend and then we'll win all the others. But I do agree with what Mike said. If we are gonna drop anything anywhere, I can see it being dropping maybe a couple of points of palace and getting the draw because that is you know, we, that is a period where you've got like a run of midweek games and it'll be interesting to see which teams play in which competition. So yeah, I'm going for I'm going for, for sixteen, but I would accept fourteen. And I think if we get sixteen we'll be top. I think if we get fourteen we'll be second. And going into the Christmas period, you know, I would settle for for that point total and for being first or second going into the Boxing Day fixtures. Just another couple of questions I want to ask you before we finish. Do you think we get past West Ham and get into the semi-finals of the League Cup, Tom? Yeah, I fancy us less, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think being, being at home, a home game as well. And I think what we were talking about before, about the strength that we've got in depth, you know, with everybody more or less fit, except for Thiago, Andy and, uh, uh, and Bacetic. I think it it gives you a really good, really strong, strong squad. That's top five, you know, with with quality midfielders. So you can you can mix and match in them type of games. So yeah, I would imagine. I think we'd be too strong for West Ham to be honest. Derek, do you agree with that? I think home advantage is crucial for us. I think he'll obviously rest a few players. So depends what West Ham side turns up. But I'd, I'd fancy us to win. Mike. Yeah, I can't see past the win. And West Ham have got some injuries. Antonio's come home with a really bad injury. He's going to be out for months. Bowen's currently injured. Um, whether that's a, a, a longer-term one, I, I don't know. But they've got two or three others. And, and so, with with you know some of their stronger players out, that might prompt them to rest players as well. So, yeah, we all rest people. But I, I've said it before, our... Our weaker teams, uh, when we've put out weaker teams, have turned in better performances than our weaker teams in previous seasons, I think so. Ben? I think it's, I think it's too difficult to predict with it being a month off. Um, I think a lot can change. And, you know, West Ham are looking like they're going to qualify in the Europa League, the top of their table in that. Um, the proximity to Christmas isn't great. Um, 
is it like two days, two or three days before Christmas or something? Yeah, it's in the middle. It's it's right in between of Arsenal and United or yeah, United. So Champions. I think obviously the focus for us is going to be on those league games. So I think we'll go relatively weak in that fixture. It just depends on West Ham with their injuries, as the lads have said, Bo and Antonio. Um, but ultimately, they're playing as many games as us, so they'll probably rest a few as well. So with it being at Anfield, I think we'll probably get over the line. If it was away, I'd be more worried. Um, but with it being at Anfield, uh, it'd be one of the games where half the Annie Road and the upper tier is going to be full as well, um, which will help. So, yeah, I think we'll get over the line. Eh? And I take it you all think that we'll, we'll finish the job that, that we, we've virtually already done and finished top of our group in the Europa League over the next... Few weeks, Tom. Yet, yeah. yeah, I should imagine. So I think we beat last place, and that'll be it. Then, won't it? We're more or less, it's sorted. Then you can you can put the other game. You can you can put a week inside out against the, the yeah, against the Saint Saint whatever Saint G whatever they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't understand, Tom. Right at the end. Do you know what? I was trying to. I was trying to. So I was trying to do it. Go on. You threw me on that one, Les. Yeah. Uh, Derek, are you, are you confident we get to finish the job in the Europa League? Yeah, I think we'll finish top of the group. Yeah. Mike? Two wins. Yeah. Um, ben? Yeah, I think we'll get the job done. I don't think it's as straightforward as what Tom says, though, because even if we win the next game, unless to lose, don't win. We're still going to have to win that last game, potentially, to top the group. Um because of that loss to them. So I think we will qualify, but if we finish second, that's going to be a nightmare because it means we have to play an extra round, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. I think we'll get the job done and I'll finish off quite quite comfortably. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's the end of this latest edition of the LFC Report podcast. Thanks to Tom, to Derek, to Ben and to Mike. And as you always finish the show by saying, justice for the 97, don't bite the sun, and you'll never walk alone. And until next time, see you soon.